Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And I'm talking to you this week through a number of our times together about some remembrances I have of a very famous person. And you may not think she's famous, and you may have never heard of her. Her name was Elizabeth Elliot, and she was an international writer and speaker, the author of over 25 books, and her story is remarkable. And her influence on my life is equally remarkable. And when she died five years ago on June 15th, I had the privilege of being invited to bring a part of the eulogy at the memorial service. So we have provided for you in two ways to watch that eulogy. It's maybe my best speech about Elizabeth ever. In a minute, we're going to connect you immediately to the audio portion of the eulogy. And then if you want to see the video slash audio, you can go to our website and you will find it. Before I do that, though, some months ago I mentioned to you, thank you for supporting Modern Homemakers. And I often say thank you for supporting. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending us an email intermittently, especially for those of you who move about and say, we've moved, we're listening now from. We love to know what city and state and country you're listening from. But I wanted to ask you to do one more thing for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving financially. Thank you for sending us notes and letters. And now I'd like to ask you to make your friends our friends. Would you do that? Make your friends our friends. And if you do that, we'd like to send you to the first 30 women who do that, wherever you're listening from, a copy of a book that's never before published of Elizabeth Elliot's called Suffering is Never for Nothing. Suffering is never for nothing. And this is an amazing piece of information and material. And I found it very interesting that at this moment in time in life, we are all internationally around the world experiencing some suffering. Johnny Erickson Tata, who wrote the introduction to this book, of course, has suffered from an accident that put her in a wheelchair 40 plus years ago. Elizabeth died on June 15, 2015, and we're suffering over the loss of it. But this book is a, a compilation of a set of CDs that were recorded at a retreat that Elizabeth did and she talked about the suffering of one's life and how it is never for nothing. Have you ever wondered why you were going through something? Have you wondered what would this suffering ever amount to? Have you heard somebody say, get over it, buck up? Maybe someone else who said, grief is okay, live in it. Maybe someone else has said, you have a wound and it's still open. Let God heal it, but don't walk away from it until it's healed. Well, Elizabeth touches on these subjects in Suffering is Never for Nothing. Invite a friend to be our friend, and I'll send you a copy of this book. Not only will I send it to you, I'll need your land address. I'll send it inscribed to you from the ministry and myself. We are Modern Homemakers. 
and you are about to hear the audio of the eulogy that I gave at Wheaton College for Elizabeth Elliot in 2015. I know this is a solemn occasion, but I feel like I could burst with joy hearing all of you and the things you've said. Thank you. I am Donna Otto, and um, I loved Elizabeth very much. She was the mother of my heart. She pointed me to him always and always away from her. When I met her, I was so young. I was so young, and all I wanted was someone to tell me how to do it. And I would go at the same question with her a dozen different ways. Well, just tell me what your morning looks like in prayer. What do you do first? Well, what do you do in the middle? Well, what do you do at the end? And do you do it all seven days? And she would raise her hands. She once said to me, murderous, murderous. And I said, pardon me? And she said, it's murderous. You are so slow to get these simple concepts. <laughs> and of course, she was absolutely right. I was. But one of the great gifts that this mother of my heart gave me was her enduring patience with me. My life was to be changed at her hand. She always pointed me to him. She never answered those questions. She never answered them. And it wasn't until I was in my early 60s that a young daughter of my heart asked me much the same variety of questions, and a big light bulb went on. Oh, that's what she was doing. Well, I always have a prop when I speak, and so this is my prop. It's a velvet-covered brick. Can you see it? I carried it all the way from Arizona, where I live, and wrapped it in this black velvet, because Elizabeth was a velvet-covered brick to me. And she and I both um, valued the words of Howard Butt, who wrote in the early 70s about this concept of being a velvet-covered brick, and that Jesus was like that, a brick with velvet around it. She was gracious and compassionate to me when I dare say I was a nuisance. She always stood for the same truth, the core of who she was, how she loved her only daughter, and her son-in-law, and these eight grannies, grands, and their spouses. She loved them fiercely, and nothing could separate her from those things. Peter Kreeft, who was one of the authors that Elizabeth introduced me to, says these powerful words, and I know it's a concept you've heard before, but Peter tells us in the book of 1 Peter, let me remind you of what you already know. And Peter Kreeft's words are like that. We are dwarfs standing on the shoulders of giants. We see further than the ancients, not because we are taller than they, but because we stand on their shoulders. And I know for myself, I stand on Elizabeth's shoulders, and I believe all of us in this room do. The psalmist reminds us that one generation shall praise thy works and shall declare thy mighty deeds to the next generation. And Elizabeth did that to me. Yes, 
or and or because I wasn't as fast a student as she was. Louisa May Alcott said that the two most beautiful words in the English language are come in. Come in. Have you ever had someone say that to you? Come in, come in for tea, come in for lunch. Well, I think that one of my fondest remembrances of Elizabeth is how often she invited me to come in. Come into her home, come into her family, come into her friendships, come into her life. And I was grateful to accept the invitation each time. Now, we had some things in common, Elizabeth and I. Um, they were more on the plebeian side. I hate to shop. I don't like small talk. I despise unruly, childish behavior, whether you're a child or an adult, and I don't like fast food. And so um, Elizabeth and I had these things in common, and yet I remember one day in a very noisy mall full of unruly children eating fast food. She leaned into me and she said to me, I've been given many gifts, but the gift that you have given me in your love for Walt and Val and my grandchildren, at that time there were only six of you, is an extraordinary gift. And I took that as a rare treasure. These grandchildren are exceptional people and will do exceptional things as they continue their lives. Elizabeth invited me into her friendships. She introduced to me one of her lifelong friends, Dr. Elizabeth Lasker, called Bunny in the family because there were two Elizabeths. Aunt Bunny took me under her wing and taught me things that I teach to this day. But it was because Elizabeth opened the door to friendship with no fear that my friendship might supersede her friendship. She, she loved God and she loved others and she was gracious and generous with these things. And as I said twice, and I'll say again, she changed my life forever. All will be well and all things shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. These words of Julian of Norwich found their way into my life from a letter that Elizabeth sent me in 1982. She addressed that letter to Dotto, which was her pet nickname to me. I did not grow up in a home that gave pet nicknames, and except for my dear husband, I never received a pet nickname. But whenever Elizabeth said, Dotto, my heart swelled like a small child. She introduced me to people and passages and books and authors and ideas. In the margins of all my Bibles are E.E. places that she encouraged me to read and memorize. And her works, especially Amy Carmichael's work, in acceptance, life, peace, altered the course of my life. Altered the course of my life. She loved and cared for me. She scolded me. She kissed me. She plumped a pillow and poured me a cup of tea in her bedroom rocker as she set me, as Arlita said, before her magnificent view of the ocean. She never gave up what I might learn next, even though my slowness was murderous. She asked my advice. She wrote introductions to my books, placed one of my books on her small shelf in her private study. I don't think she ever knew that I noticed that. 
but there it was, an act of a gracious mother of one's heart. Whether the book was good or not, it wouldn't have mattered because there it was on her shelf. She reminded me that I should not carry a Bible unless I'd swept under the bed. And long before Eugene Peterson wrote the message, she was quoting J.B. Phillips, and do not be conformed to your world, not just the big world. And she was challenging me to know what my world was. On Mother's Day this last year, I sat next to the mother of my heart, wondering, as I have often in these last 10 years, if this would be the last time that I would see her. And it was. Lars always welcomed me to come whenever I was near the city or whenever I could catch, whether it was an hour or a lunch or an overnight. I saw at the end of her life full acceptance, a peacefulness that I understood more clearly because of Amy Carmichael's quote. And Amy said in her great book called If, if I refuse to allow one who is dear to me to suffer for the sake of Christ, if I do not see suffering as the greatest honor that can be offered to any follower of the crucified Christ, then I know nothing of Calvary love. The mother of my heart had accepted suffering in a true and deep way, aided by those who loved her. I know you too have read the tributes and salutes and remembrances that have filled the pages of magazines and the internet and newspapers of the last four weeks. All of these words of success and accomplishment, determination, discipline, unapologetic boldness, John Piper said, the blunt woman with blunt words. He was right. Compassion and real grace were hers. Her writing is high quality, her content fit to change your life. Her voice and antics with accents would make you howl, but none can compare to the choices she made to surrender to Jesus Christ beneath the cross. And she showed me that, she modeled that, she encouraged it, she stayed with me until the end. Elizabeth was a brick, she was tough, and tender, and I was forever changed by the presence of God in her, in my life. And thank you, Val. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day in learning from those who've gone before you.